What's up, everyone? We're here for post-game Locked On Bucks. Uh, l- not quite uh, minutes after the game. I had to get some sleep uh, after this 3 a.m. tip-off. But we are here. The Bucks lead the Series 3-1. We got another spectacular Grayson Allen game. Giannis was great again. The defense was solid. Drew Holiday was knocking down shots all over the place. So if you're a Bucks fan, this was a enjoyable experience in this one. And now they go home with a chance to close out the series. So let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win hear me on this show monday to friday uh, and also on the weekends during the playoffs post game as well we'll jump on and do a podcast joining me the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast frank madden for today's episode that is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before that's bet online where the game starts and uh we thank you for making your first listen of each and every day and Frank, I tweeted this the other day, and we'll get into this game quickly, but I tweeted this the other day. I got a lovely message from a uh, from Sarah, who is from Wisconsin, moved away from Wisconsin, and said that listening to us, Frank, probably more so you than me, <laughs> <laughs> made her miss home, and it helps with the homesickness, and I tweeted about it, and then there was a bunch of other people saying that they feel the same way, so... Shout out to all our listeners, Frank, that listen to us all over the world, we should say, with our Greek friends, our Argentinian friends, our Australian friends, wherever you are in the world. We, we appreciate it. But that's a that's a lovely message to get, Frank, right in the middle of the postseason when everyone's got uh, Bucks fever or Bucks lust, I think they call it. Well, first off, screw that Bucks lust song. It's terrible. Don't okay, ever make okay. me think of that song again. Okay, Frank, but shout out to than, Sarah. better than... <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm not going to throw anyone under it, but there's better than some other stuff I've seen out there. But anyway, continue. Shout out to shout out to Sarah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, part of certainly why I still love doing this is just the, the feeling of connectivity to um, Wisconsin and Milwaukee and, you know, Bucks fans around the world, such as such as you, right? We're, we're emblematic of uh, of the people that that are not uh, at home uh, in in Wisconsin being able to root on uh, the Bucks, you know, from close by. Uh, you you being a little bit further away than, than I am, but but that's what makes this fun. And, I, you know, I think we, we said it a lot during last year's playoff run, this idea. I feel like in, in the end of a lot of our podcasts, last playoff run, I said, you know, enjoy this, right? Enjoy this, this journey. Don't get stressed out about, you know, what happens next round or if they can, you know, finish the series off in two games or two days or wherever you were in in a specific series. And I was kind of thinking about this as we were, you know, after we had the Chris Middleton discussion a few days, a couple of days back. And I I don't want to lose sight of the fact that, you know, for whatever that might mean for, you know, the end of this series, next series, whatever, um, you know, let's, let's take a page from Giannis and just enjoy the games as they happen 
stay in that moment, um, live for today. Don't worry too much about, you know, fret about the future. The Bucks are NBA champions, you know, like we've got that in, in, in the rear view mirror. We can always rely on that and think about that. But, um, but I think especially these last two games obviously have been a ton of fun uh, to watch the Bucks respond to obviously that really disappointing game too. And to come back and, you know, put on the show they did on Friday was like, okay, impressive. That's, you know, that's what a championship caliber team does to come back on Sunday, you know, <laughs> at a new start and you win all four quarters and, you know, you pretty much go wire to wire again. Um, after the Bucks or if the Bulls already had their humbling on Friday, you come back and you do it again. Um, I mean, that 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 is really impressive. We talked all year about how hard it is, you know, to beat the same team four times, whether it's the playoffs or regular season or both. Uh, and so I think you just got to give the Bucks a ton of credit. They did a little bit differently offensively today than they did on Friday. But to me, that you know. I think makes it more enjoyable just in terms of being able to obviously win games. I mean, slightly different ways, but perhaps most impressively and defensively, they did a lot of the same thing and bulls had a little bit better, a <laughs> little bit better outing. Um, but once again, the buck size um, and the defense and just the relentlessness was just too much for the bulls to overcome. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because even after game one, just to, your, to the point you made first, there was a lot of comments on YouTube of Bucks fans saying, uh, here we go. Only Bucks fans could be complaining about a playoff win. And it did make me think about that a little bit because we were looking at it and we do get carried away and we look at it big picture. But I think these last two games, I mentioned reassuring the last win was this bit of consolidation today with the performance. But it's almost, I, I don't know what the, the mental psychology was for the Bucks coming into this series, but uh, they did start the series like a team that needed a bit of a kick up the ass. And maybe it was a loss. Maybe it was the injury of Chris Milton that they steeled the focus and said, okay, we really need to lock in here. Um, but the last two games have looked like what many people projected that the series was going to be like from the start, particularly in the way that Chicago would struggle to shoot the ball and the one guy and we'll get to Grayson Allen. That's a, that's a big conversation to have because he's been awesome. But I do want to focus on Drew Holiday as well, because we said, look, as much as Chris Milton struggled through the first two games and he started to cook a little bit in that game two before the knee injury, but Drew Holiday was just bizarrely sort of out of sync in the first two games of this series. And I do think that he's had some of his bigger games when one of the guys have been out and it makes sense, more responsibility, the ball's in his hands more often uh, but from the first layup that he got in that game three, where he knocked in a layup, it just feels like he's understood the responsibility. He's wanted it, in, and he's been locked in. Defensively, obviously, he's done spectacular stuff. But tonight, again, uh, for him to have 26 points, uh, 10 for 21 from the field, the 5 for 8. And some, again, some of those threes that he was pulling up, I, I, he doesn't really shoot from that range, but he was knocking them down. He was doing that TV celebration thing that he does with, with Mamu. And uh, and he is a guy that has stepped up. And you mentioned it. This is like what he did for New Orleans all the way back when he really just completely obliterated the Blazers in playoff games. We've seen him have big games with the Bucs, uh, but maybe not in this dominant fashion on both sides of the ball. It's been, uh, it's been impressive. Yeah, I mean, I think last year during the playoffs, it wasn't that Drew was afraid to shoot. Um, you know, he talked about on the JJ Reddit podcast this year that, you know, his teammates always 
really pushed him to be aggressive, stay aggressive, even when a shot's not falling. Um, but there's a difference between looking for your shot, taking shots, and, you know, like believing, <laughs> believing in your shot. Uh, and today I think, you know, game three was, was better. Um, but still didn't feel like his, his jump shot was working in the way that it did for so much of this regular season. And to be honest, last regular season as well. I mean, you know, he started to hit those step back threes last year and this year it seemed to become an even bigger theme. And tonight, um, you know, he, it just felt like he was just really feeling good. And I mean, the, the pull up three that I think the one you were referring to, um, early in the third quarter bucks, uh, I think it put the bucks up 22, it you know literally the transition he just pulls up from 28 feet or something like that straight away just you know a total like heat check type shot and we're used to him sort of taking heat checks and like trying to get a, get his feel with a rhythm dribble and then he does that pronounced step back three which he's become very good at but the early clock you know long distance three is really not something he typically does which is fine, right? Like it's typically not the shot you want anybody <laughs> taking. Uh, but that really, I thought, spoke volumes about sort of where his his confidence was. And, um, you know, Bulls made a, a little bit of a run um, at, at one point there uh, in the third quarter. I think they got it to 68 to 60. Um, but, uh, you know, thereafter, Giannis really went to work. And then Drew was just sort of, I think, a consistent force throughout the game on both ends, as as usual. And you know, we knew that he was going to have to be. I mean, to me, that was probably the reason why I was most nervous after the second game. Not only because obviously Chris has gone out; Chris is so important, especially what they do offensively. But can you get you know consistent night-to-night production from Drew in the same way that we saw all regular season in the postseason? I mean, you would hope so, you would think so, um, but obviously that's been an area of concern uh, over the past year when it's come to playoff time, just not knowing exactly what, what version of Drew Holiday offensively you're going to get. So definitely a great sign seeing him get into a comfort zone and um, you know, uh, certainly some, some recurring themes tonight. Grayson Allen is probably the, 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 the most, the biggest constant, you know, from game three to game four offensively, just going from strength to strength, you know, who who was expecting him to deliver a bigger night than his 22 point performance in game three? I wasn't, he comes back with 27 tonight. Giannis, you know, as we were saying, we expected Giannis would at some point in the series have to be more than just sort of a picking his spots, facilitating type of guy. And we saw tonight, especially in that third quarter, he really made the uh, bulls feel him. Um, And he really went to work, especially when it got, again, not that it got really hairy, but it got single digits there for a bit and Giannis made sure that, that, that didn't stay that way. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's been a different recipe throughout the series. Brooke, Brooke Lopez has the really big first two games. Brooke didn't score until the fourth quarter when he caught an alley-oop when the game was already way out of reach. Um, so I, I think certainly just a, a good sign for the bucks that, uh, they're getting contributions from, you know, pretty much everybody in that one through eight rotation, not always by being big scorers, uh, everybody I think is doing what they're doing their part defensively and then different guys pitching in and, and providing, um, you know, some much needed offense to make sure that, you know, Chris for everything he does, I mean, is a 20 point a night scorer, efficient scorer, playmaker, um, you know, probably the guy that you think of as the most trust trusted sort of pick and roll operator. Um, he's been out the last two games and, you know, very similar to 
what we saw, especially in game five against the Hawks, you lose Giannis. It's like, oh God, what, you know, what are you going to do? And people just rose to the occasion in that game and also game six. And um, again, I want Chris Middleton back as soon as possible, but uh, I think a, a strong statement about this team and the guys you have. And, you know, I, again, the next man up little, you can only, you can only stretch that so far, you know, there isn't an, another Chris Middleton that you can just tag to say, Hey, you're, you're up now. Uh, but certainly, you know, you're just trying to keep that seat warm for him and Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, all these guys doing everything you could have hoped for so far. Yeah, against the Bulls, you'd like to think that you can get away with it, and maybe they will. We'll see if they can close it out in Game 5, but certainly next round, uh, that's when it probably is going to become a little more real that they don't have that guy that can just get his own shot uh, and has played in big games for the Bucks. but we'll see. But this game, you mentioned it early, uh, and you have some concerns with Giannis. He spoke about it. He doesn't love early games. I certainly don't love early games. When you get older, you need sleep, Frank. You need more energy. So for me... Our friends at Athletic Greens, and in particular, the product AG1, uh, is what is helping me through today, through a tough Monday, a tough start to the week for me. And people are wondering, what is AG1? Well, uh, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you need to podcast at 2.30 in the afternoon after you uh, made the ill-advised decision of watching Australian basketball into the F1, into sleeping for 90 minutes before tip-off for this playoff game, and then trying to go back to bed at 6 a.m. and sleep. AG1 is, is going to help you at least survive when you need to podcast later on in the day. Uh, it's cheap as well. That's a good thing, only $3 a day. So it's uh, you know, it's cheaper than your coffee you're buying uh, every single day, which is uh, which is a nice one there, and it's uh, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chem- chemicals or artificial anything. Uh, so keep that in mind. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/nba network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/nba network to take it take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So when you started talking about Grayson Allen, I was just immediately going to start booing uh, the, the even the thought of his name. And I just want to have a conversation about this from a broader perspective because I just think it's really smart. I just think it's a really smart way for the Bucks. To get around this, and we've spoken about it. Maybe there's no player more comfortable in the NBA with being a villain. Uh, he's been in this situation before. He's been booed everywhere. We've discussed it, but he didn't look great. In fact, he looked bad in the first two games at home. Now he's gone into Chicago and ripped off 49 points across the two games. He's looking like prime first round Bryn Forbes out there. He can't miss a shot. And the the way that they've discussed this, and even Giannis, like. I mean, hey, I think Giannis has a sense of humor like me. Probably pretty easy to make laugh. I'm very easy to make laugh. But when Giannis was talking about it, he was literally just like cracking up. Like he finds it highly amusing that the Bucks players are booing <laughs> Grayson Allen on the floor, which I just think is so hilarious. Drew Holiday's loving it. Grayson Allen said at the press conference that it makes it easier to deal with being booed because your own teammates are doing it and they're turning the whole thing into a joke. I just think it's genius. 
I think it's brilliant. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that the booing is is made Grayson Allen make these shots, but if you've got a guy that's gone through whatever the situation, you know he's going to have to deal with some some bullshit um, from the crowd. Then yeah, turn it on the crowd, turn it into a joke, and and make it funny. And clearly they're all relaxed, and he's relaxed, and he said it's helping him. So I think whoever booed him first deserves significant credit for this uh, for this performance from Grayson Allen. Wait, does that mean we have to give Bulls fans credit? I don't, I don't know. Um, also, well, like we, well the, it's kind of like it's kind of like the countdown for Giannis, which I think was helping Giannis get into a rhythm. So it's it's just these these crowds continue to help the Bucks. So, are are Bucks fans now obligated to boo Grayson Allen on on Wednesday? I don't think they should though. I, I don't like I, that. I, I don't think they will. But it's kind of like a funny, it's kind of like a funny joke now. Like I know. I, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like if he, if he like rips off like three threes in a few minutes, like, you know, should, should Bucks fans start like booing him if there's like a timeout call to like by the bulls or something like that? I, I don't know. It's a fine line. Um, I, I guess, I guess, you know, with, with all the bulls fans that so often are, are at these bucks bulls games. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we are, I'm curious if they're going to be less vocal. I don't know how, how loudly they were booing. Grayson Allen in the first two games, but apparently not enough, right? Given he didn't do anything in those that's first right, two games. Right. But, um, but yeah, and like we were saying the other day, I mean, you know, Grayson Allen, again, you know, Grayson Allen, JJ Redick, um, these guys have uh, have have had more than their share of booze being the, you know, best white guys on <laughs> on Duke teams over the years. And certainly with, with Grayson Allen, I mean, you know, the, the, the flagrant foul and the Caruso injury this year, um, you know, really, the, the, his reputation before that is entirely collegiate, basically, right? For the the, the two like tripping incidents, um, so uh, you know, it's not like this is uh, this is new to him, right? He's he's been dealing with sort of the microscope for for a long time, not for necessarily the reasons that that he wanted. Um, and by the way, funny to see Chris Paul, um, you know, doing stuff tonight in the the uh, Pel- Pelicans game, which uh, I. I'm, I didn't I'm catch remember. Up. Who, Is he just he, up to his usual he, antics? Yeah, he, uh, he like pretty, pretty. I mean, it was a flagrant one. It probably should have been a flagrant two. Just basically hitting, chopping Herb Jones in the head on a on an and one. I mean, the problem is Chris Paul is too small to like knock people down. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like with Giannis, right? I mean, he pushed Giannis in the stomach while he was up in the air, an extremely vulnerable position on you know the value. Um, but again, it was an A and one, so it, like it doesn't get treated like it was some like dirty play. But it was, I mean, that's a, that's a super dirty play, right? Pushing a guy while he's up. I mean, can you imagine if Giannis, you know, like pushed Chris Paul in that, <laughs> that situation, right? Like, well, just imagine if just imagine if Grayson Allen was Chris Paul. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that 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 was that's the joke, of course, right? I think I was actually I think it was Drew Berenger, um, uh, tw- Twitter friend of mine. I think Drew made the comment that you know. Uh, Chris Paul is the person that Grayson that that NBA Twitter thinks Grayson Allen is, or you know, a more eloquent phrasing of that sentiment. So, because um, because that's the thing too is like Grayson Allen doesn't really like he doesn't really like have antics otherwise. Like he doesn't even he doesn't flop on off on defense and on offense. You know, like he, this he this man is hitting really. all those threes and he doesn't even celebrate. He just like jog, yeah. trots away. Yeah. He does nothing. Like he doesn't really antagonize anyone. Yeah, he. That's the funny part is he's never really been an antagonist. Um, outside of you know these handful of moments, most of them, all but one of them, really happening in in college. So anyway, um, but yeah, I think 
great to see him respond in in the way that that he he has these last couple games and uh you know it's basically a combination right we were seeing him being the the shooter we talked about him in the third game of the season with season series in the regular season you know being showing that he could also be a slasher if the three-point shot isn't there and obviously these last two games has been like the best of both worlds where he's been able to get to the rim he's been able to get to the paint and look comfortable and i think you know you forget that like you know if he was on a bad team where he was you know starting and had a chance to get more shots i mean i'm not saying he's not like a i'm not saying he's gonna be like a 20 point per game scorer but like could he score 15 17 points a game like sure right i mean yeah um you know he put up 11 in 27 minutes for you know the world champs this year and obviously in many of those lineups being like the third fourth sometimes fifth option practically right so um so it's it's uh it's just been a really important thing to see and, and obviously at this point you hope you know he certainly has a much more rounded, much better rounded game than uh, than Bryn Forbes. So you certainly hope that that mm. this will be a more enduring um, uh, indicator of of what's to come in the playoffs. And that you know, unlike Bryn Forbes, who pretty much completely disappeared after the first round, that you know, I think Grayson certainly has a much better chance of continuing to contribute. But um, but yeah, you can't say enough about what he's done. I mean, he's basically given you the Chris Middleton scoring at least. Um, and I think especially you know just some of the stuff you know. Giannis, I mean, there was a one play where Giannis had a nice little dribble handoff for him. I think it actually might have had a couple. Um, and uh, again, when the Bulls are trying to really shade towards Giannis, trying to really clog up that middle, he's obviously been just a guy that has really punished them with those threes the last couple of games. And um, it's been it's been just really fun to watch. Well, speaking of, uh, you, you spoke about the bulls that are trying to clog up that middle, but one thing that won't clog up the middle is built bar. Uh, the best tasting protein bar that's, that's ever been made. That is honestly, sometimes look, sometimes you got to reach for the segue into the ad read. That one uh, was taken a little bit too far, but I can guarantee you, uh, this is going to be uh, nothing but great uh, for your body. The built bar, it's uh, healthy for you. Uh, tastes better than most candy bars, but it's obviously it's more healthy for you than the general candy bar that you might go. And you can go to built.com. And scroll down and find all the dietary information. You'll be blown away with the high protein, low calories, high fiber, uh, low carbs. There, high fiber. See, compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. The the flavors include mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, uh, white chocolate cookies and cream as well. All the flavors are delicious, and they've got new flavors coming out all the time. So just put built.com in your favorites bar. That's what I do. So you can just check it once a week. Just see what they got, see when the new flavors come out, and you'll be in the uh, best possible position to take advantage of our offer, which is at built.com. You just use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Uh, one thing we discussed before this series, Frank, was the possibility, and and I, I was chatting with Jim Paschke about it, and he actually mentioned it as well, uh, was the possibility of some heated moments or some tension, particularly if the series starts to go one-sided. So the Bucks won game away from closing this out. It hasn't really been that way. Caruso obviously copped a little shot to the, uh, looked like to the nose area, but anyway, he he went off the floor, uh, completely accidental, by the way. Javon Carter just sort of caught him with the, the swinging arm. He hit the deck. He didn't seem happy. It looked like there was a bit of blood. He didn't seem happy about 
not getting a foul for some blood in the face. But uh, for me, uh, that's one for one. Bobby Portis, uh, uh, Alex Caruso. I think we're even in that regard. But there was an incident later on. Bobby Portis always getting tangled up. But Zach Levine, let's talk, let's talk about what really happened on this play. So Bobby Portis <laughs> tries to swap the ball. Zach Levine holds his arm over his shoulder and then acts like Bobby Portis is trying to put him in a sleeper hole and gets all fake, fake angry about it. And we have seen this before. We saw it in the Miami series last year where sometimes teams can get to the point where they're like, well, we can't win this game. Let's just try some stuff. Let's see if we can get guys fired up. Let's see if we can change the momentum, cause some sort of incident. But I think it was mostly frustration. Bobby Portis is pointing to his ring finger as he's walking off the floor to the Bulls fans. Uh, but but overall, I think this will be one thing for the Bucs. Obviously, you want to close out the series at home. You don't want to have to go back to Chicago again. Uh, but you want to keep things in order. You don't want to let anything happen. You don't want any incidents to go to get out of hand here. And Bobby Portis so far with the goggles has been spectacular. He was good again today. As you mentioned, uh, Brooke Lopez was in foul trouble in this game. We should talk more about Giannis. So you can, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on what I just said, but we should talk more about Giannis. The third quarter was the pivotal stretch in this game where he's had to make some decisions in this series where the Bulls defenders, let's be honest, at the slightest sign of contact, they're hitting the deck. They're trying to get those offensive foul calls. So Giannis has had to be a little bit smart about it. But in the third quarter of this game, there was a stretch of seven or eight possessions where he was just like, look, I, I know you're going to try and draw a charge. I'm going to step out of the way of you. You're going to foul me, and I'm going to walk to the free throw line, and I'm just going to completely take the air out of this building, which he did. Because those Bulls fans, imagine if you went to game three and four of this series. You're a Bulls fan. You've been waiting for playoff basketball at home for years, and that's what you dished up. There was maybe... Was there any moment of real hope over these two games? Not really. I think... At the end of this game, uh, the announcer, I can't remember who was announcing this game, but said they were in front Dave, for a Dave one- Passion, Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown also, like, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm putting Hubie Brown in the washed category. Like, I, I feel like Hubie kind of, I I was a big Marv Albert fan back in the day. They, they, they had to put Marv out to pasture. I feel like Hubie at this point, yeah, not so sure about that one. But anyway, go ahead. Well, what Giannis was doing was getting into the painted area and causing maximum chaos, which uh, we love. Nothing Hubie Brown loves more than getting to the painted area. But uh, as you pointed to, uh, he was patient for a lot of this game. But in that third quarter, that's why he got the MVP. He made sure that this game didn't get dangerous. It wasn't within uh, reach uh, heading into the fourth quarter. He made sure that this game was done. Uh, Bud did try and get the starters out of this game a little bit too early. That was... uh, that was that was short-lived, shall we say. But overall, I just think we should talk about Giannis a bit more than we have just because, again, uh, he just put up a massive line. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't have... I, don't, I was trying to look... It's hard to see numbers on offensive fouls. I, I think... I mean, I think feel like the vast majority of his fouls this 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 round... Offensive, I think, yeah. Did he have three offensive fouls? And, and they're not all charges. Like, he got called for one that was like a... Like something around the legal screen or like, you know, pushing off like before he got the ball. Um, But, uh, but, you know, he he was never, he always, he was always like one, you know, one foul away today from being in foul trouble. So it didn't, it didn't really affect, you know, I don't think he's his play that much, but, um, but I think it was, I would assume who hit, I would assume who, by the way, like has, I would assume who and Pat Williams have been like these two guys who are, you know, I think really, 
useful, interesting young players for the Bulls. Pat Williams had the 0 for 9 game last game. Today he had 20 points, which I I know he hit a couple threes, but I completely yeah. He liked. only hit shots. It was trust me, I was watching him hit shots and I was cursing you at home because you're the one who said this man can't shoot. So of course he was gonna hit some shots. Yeah, three of six from three, seven of thirteen overall. Um, you know, again, he just looks really it looks really painful for him to to shoot the basketball. Um awkward. Tonight, it is awkward, yeah. Tonight they went in and uh Sumu, who it's interesting, you know, he was a really efficient scorer this year, but he just doesn't take that many shots. And whenever the Bucks played the Bulls, it it just he just doesn't seem he's kind of like Caruso in that it just doesn't seem like he wants to, you know, shoot. He's just not a dynamic shooter. Like he's not doesn't a guy who wants to like pull up off the dribble. He's not a guy that wants to be a quick trigger three point shooter as well. Like it seems like he's really trying to be like I don't know if it's just like part of it's like him being a rookie and he doesn't want to like take too many shots or something, but. Um, but he's been, I think, part of like kind of the problem overall for the Bulls, and that like they just don't have guys that the Bull that the Bucks are really like afraid of mm. off ball, and that's why they can just put so much attention on DeRozan in, in in particular, but Levine as well, and basically dare you know everybody else to to beat them. And of course, you know Pat Williams has a nice game today, and Desumu hits he so he started the second half for Caruso, who didn't come back after catching that. I guess it was like a hand to the face, hmm. um, you know, which which we'll see, right? I mean, I, I assume Cruz is going to play next game. Um, but, uh, you know, if he has like a concussion or something, I mean, who knows? Uh, but Dasunmu, eight points on three out of seven shooting in 29 minutes. Um, and he did hit those two threes early in the, in the not early, but kind of early midway through the third quarter um, that got it to, I believe, 68 to 60. And so it was like, Hmm. Okay, you know, like the game's getting a little bit closer here. Um, you know, what do the Bucks have for an answer? And that's really when Giannis kind of went to work, and um, you know, just had a, a number of play. I mean, that that step through. It feels like he. It it feels like he has to take like two months worth of baseline jumpers before he can set up that fake the baseline turnaround and step through for the lay-in. Um, and in this game, it was you know, I mean, he takes literally one step and he goes from 15 feet out to a layup for an and one. And then he had that other, I, th- I thought the play that maybe was kind of the the most momentum kind of killing for the Bulls. He had that play where he um, blocks Levine at the rim, grabs the rebound, yeah. drives all the way down the court and then kicks it out. And was it, was it Grayson Allen who hit the three? It, somebody, he hit somebody in the corner for a three. Um, and I, I think that got the lead back up to like 14 pretty quickly or, you know, so, so somewhere thereabouts. And it was kind of like, okay, you know, you know, Giannis is making sure this this game is is not getting getting close, and um, just kind of repeatedly kind of went went back back and forth, and uh, you know, again, like you know, by Giannis's standards, eleven out of twenty two. You know, <laughs> he missed a couple layups. He had that layup in the fourth quarter when the game was already. And had you know, to come was, back in. Yeah. Well, the the layup he had, there was like a steal, and he like did like a long stride, and he just mistimed the layup, and he put it off the back yeah. iron for a miss. You know, again, the game was like out of hand at that point. He, he finished it off with a rebound and put back dunk, um, like one of those nerf hoop, you know, type dunks where it looks like he barely jumps. But, um, but you know, again, I mean, this is just how good he is, right? Like he hit a three early in the fourth, um, one out of three from three. The, the three-point shot has really not been there for him this series. Um, but like, it wasn't even like he was in like completely in the zone, dominant Giannis. It's not like he was just like his jumper was totally working, but 
he just found ways to get to the basket, to get around the basket, to hit short shots. He had a couple of like kind of like adjusting like short bank shots. Um, and to me, that's that's really important to see, obviously. I mean, we, we know game six, he hit a number of those types of just sort of like in-between shots. That's kind of the area where he often sort of struggles to have good touch. And I thought today we actually saw him un- repeatedly be able to finish in those types of situations and hit his free throws nine out of 12 tonight, four out of five the previous game. So after the first two games, not shooting the ball well from the foul line, uh, 13 of 17 in the two road games, which is you know always good to see, just given again how he struggled in the playoffs historically from the foul line. And you know just 17 rebounds. I thought I, I was almost kind of surprised he only had seven assists because I felt like his command, his passing, and just you know just making the right reads. Uh, he just looked just very solid all game long. And uh, you know, again, what more can you say about a guy who can put up 32, 17, seven, a couple blocks and, you know, it feels like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid, solid game, right? <laughs> like, you know, that's just sort of how spoiled we are that, that, that just feels like, you know, kind of an average game for him, or it feels like he could have, he could have, you know, he left some points on the, on the floor, could have finished a couple things here and there. Um, again, just uh, obviously speaks to, to kind of the, the greatness that, that he brings night to night. And, um, you know, I think again, shows that he knows when to pick his spots last game. He never really even had to get going offensively because of, or at least scoring wise, because bucks, bucks were so dominant this game we saw in the third quarter. I don't know if he had 15, I know he had five in the first quarter, 12 at halftime. Um, I think he might've had 15, 13 or 15 points in that third quarter. I mean, he really went to work. They couldn't keep him off the foul line. And a lot of fouls in that third quarter. Um, I still don't know how the Bulls had more free throw or made more free throws in the Bucks. 16 out of 17 for the Bulls versus 12 to 18 for the Bucks. I I believe the Bucks, the Bulls did not shoot a free throw in the first half. Do you recall that? I, I don't think they did. Uh, the and Bulls didn't. Like, the Bucks yeah. were three for six. Yeah. 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 And the the Bulls did not shoot a free throw in the first half. And then the third quarter just kind of felt like I don't know. The refs were like trying to even it out or something because it was a blowout or something. There was just a lot of like marginal stuff called and you know DeRozan I don't know was DeRozan really fouled in it at all today I don't I don't know <laughs> it's seven out of eight um I thought you know 23 points on 20 shots uh certainly a much better statistical line than he had uh, in game three but I thought they did another great job on him um only three assists for him as well so it wasn't like he was you know, playmaking, creating for, for his teammates, uh, Levine had 13 assists. So, you know, that's something, but, um, but overall, you know, Vucevic five out of 14, 11 points. Um, and even a, you know, that uncommonly big night from Pat Williams, you know, they got crushed with Williams on the floor and DeRozan in minus 24 and 41 minutes. Um, again, you just give so much credit to, to Drew and, and Wes Matthews for just, again, just putting in the work and just making DeRozan work really hard. And it just feels like DeRozan is now, it felt like he, he was so, he, he was working so hard that he kept making shots harder for himself by like, he, he does that thing where like he jumps, like, it's like he's trying to do a chest bump to the defender to like try and like desperately draw a foul. And he, he got a couple foul calls this way. They're like really like bullshit foul calls, but um, but again, it's like, it, it's, it's just been such a labor for him the last couple of games, really, I mean, all but game two, right. This whole series has been really hard for him. And 
think you just have to give the Bucks a ton of credit. And when we talked about it last game, you know, Vucevic being a pick and pop guy, you know, Brooke isn't can't sag back. And so it just means that there's always two bodies right there when they're running pick and rolls. I don't know. It just feels like they need they need like a vertical, like you know, rim runner type guy to use as like a changeup in those pick and rolls because you know, there's just no fear that again, they're going to get anything, but you know, either a contested DeRozan shot against two defenders or a Vucevic pick and pop, which, you know, again, Vuce was one out of six from three tonight. He just hasn't been good enough in this series to, to really kind of strike fear in the hearts of the Bucks. And so again, they're not signing somebody off the street to, to do that next game. But, um, but uh, I don't know when I look at this Bulls team, I think they need Lonzo ball back in the worst way. And I think they just, they need some more dynamism, you know, out of the big spots. And it, it ain't, it ain't Tristan Thompson. Let's say that. No, it's certainly not. Uh, although <laughs> maybe it could be Derek Jones Jr. But Derek Jones Jr. Just wants to spot up for threes now as well. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the problem with Derek Jones Jr. Because we actually have seen him have some decent minutes against the Bucks in the past, but we've seen him most of the time do that when he would play alongside a guy like Bam Adebayo, who, who can help out and who's a dynamic defender himself. So the problem is when they've tried to go small, I don't think he really wants to score inside because he's dealing with Giannis, he's dealing with Bobby Portis, he's dealing with Brooke Lopez. So then he finds himself kind of standing in the corner and he doesn't want to shoot those threes either. And Eric uh, put a tweet in our DM. I can't remember who sent it. I'm not going to say who sent it anyway. But uh, it was kind of like, well, the Bulls are making it interesting for the Bucks because they're sending multiple bodies out to Levine and DeRozan. And then they're, they're going to have to make a decision when the Bulls start hitting threes. And it's like, no, well, then they're, they're not going to change anything. If, if Io Dasunmu is going to hit a couple of corner threes, the Bucks aren't going to all of a sudden change what they're doing defensively. They're going to continue to focus on Levine. They're going to continue to focus on DeRozan. And if Pat Williams really wants to shoot a, a million threes, then they're going to let him do that. Um, because they don't think that the Bulls have the guys that uh, that that can cause damage, and Derek Jones Jr. is one of them. When he's standing in the corner, they're fine with him shooting those. And eventually, outside of that sort of five six minute stretch where I think they hit three corner threes, I think Pat Williams hit one as well. Uh, the Bucks are like, all right, cool. Well, let's, we don't think that you can win the game uh, playing that way. We think Levine and DeRozan are the guys that are going to do it. So anyway, defensively, I think they've done well, and probably the emphatic moments of the game for me was Giannis on one of those dunks when Dasun moved and he's a little fella let's be honest and he's out there with some playing against some huge bodies and Giannis kind of bundled him out of the way Dasun moved was under the <laughs> under the rim and Giannis spiked a dunk and it went through the net and bounced off Dasun moves head and I was like that is <laughs> that is some demoralizing stuff right there when Giannis is just slamming the ball on his head through the basket so we'll see uh maybe it's good for the Bucks normally I like to once we're playing playoffs just the games keep rolling and rolling. But we know they're waiting for Middleton, so two nights off before the next game. And I guess at this point, uh, every day matters uh, when you're trying to get a guy back for the next round. And uh, go Nets against the Celtics. That's the other thing we should say here. Let's extend that series as long as we possibly can, even without Ben Simmons in the lineup. Let's see what they can do. But uh, overall, another fun game, Frank. A nice, uh, nice relaxing playoff game. And you take them when you can get them. Yeah, I mean a couple a couple other things too. I mean, I, I thought DeRozan. I mean, if he scored, obviously he scored. You know, his box score was was okay, right? Twenty three points in the end. Um, 
it felt like a lot obviously came sort of when the game was was out of hand. Um, it felt like his main contribution the last couple of games has been just like falling down easily whenever anybody's near him and dr- trying to draw fouls on both ends. Um, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but I thought it was good uh, how the Bucks sort of tried to attack him a bit more directly. We saw Bobby Portis posting him up repeatedly and being able to really kind of just, you know, that, that's the nice thing about Bobby, right? Um, out of all the guys on the, out of the Bucks three big men, it's kind of weird. Like just as far as like a guy who I'm like most confident that if you give him the ball against a smaller player, that he's going to get a good shot that he can hit. I think Bobby's probably the guy. I feel like I trust Bobby even more than Giannis and Brooke in that very narrow sort of situation because Bobby's just very patient and he just gets that like short push shot. You know, he'll sometimes settle for the, for the turnaround or for jump shots, but you know, he'll go get back guys down. He did that to DeRozan two or three times today and get that little hook shot. And he's just really consistent at it versus, you know, Giannis sometimes get a little bit, you know, out of control or obviously just, he doesn't have quite that same touch as we were discussing earlier. And he just draws more attention as well Um, versus Bobby. A lot of times teams will kind of let him, you know, do that uh, and he can really punish them. So I I thought they did a nice job attacking DeRozan defensively today. Uh, And um, you know, again, that after game two and the struggles we saw there, uh, it just has felt like a much, much more focused and, and just sort of cleaner effort these last couple of games. And, and we should say, I mean, I should say it now. I often say, you know, I said it after the last game, you know, I always like to look how much our game sort of decided by the three point line. Yeah. I think some of this, some of this came cause you know, what kind of happened in the second half and the bucks sort of just continue to pile it on. Um, but bucks 17 out of 33 from three. Yeah, you shouldn't lose a game when you shoot 52% from the field and 52% from three. Bulls, nine out of 36. I mean, you know, you're, you got to win games like that. Um, Bucks did a Bucks did a solid job on the defensive glass. Again, 85% defensive rebound rate. They only had 12% themselves, though, but again, didn't matter just because they were so good offensively and they just hit so many jump shots. 44 to 36 in the paint. So, again, not quite the whitewash um, that we saw last game. Um Still a little bit of a turnover benefit for the Bulls. 15 bucks turnovers, 12 for the Bulls. Um, but overall, you know, again, this was a game where the Bucks shot the ball really well. We know you can't count <laughs> on the Bucks shooting the ball from three that well consistently. Um, I think they're still I, – I, I was looking at this on, uh, on the NBA stats site. I believe the Bucks, they're – I was looking at this. I'm like, is this excluding today? But no, I think this is including today. Um, I believe the Bucks are still last in the playoffs in terms of corner three and above the break three. Again, I'm looking at this. I'm like, is this maybe you know not not updated for for today's game? That's maybe that's possible. But um, anything is possible. Anything is possible. But. Uh, <laughs> But again, this series, I mean, the Bucs have shot the ball better from three, including, I think, including today, um, certainly than we've seen it at various points during last year's playoffs, um, especially these last couple of games versus the Bulls, obviously um, struggling really these last couple of games. But um, but I would still say overall, especially over the course of this entire game, another pretty comprehensive victory. This was not purely just a, a shooting fluke game or something like that. Um, you know, the Bucs are... 10 points per 100 better than the second best defense 
uh, in the playoffs right now. They're at 90, 94 points per 100 allowed, which again, you really shouldn't be able to put put up that type of uh, defensive numbers in the year 2022, uh, especially against a team that does have weapons in Chicago. You know, it's not like the Bulls are uh, a team full of, you know, rock throwers, um, but you just have to give credit. I think the Bucks have been a, a tough matchup and now the question is just, okay, great. 3-1 lead. You feel happy about it. Mission accomplished in Chicago. Now go home and take care of business. Close this out. And as you were saying, Kane, hope that the Brooklyn Nets have a little bit of life. I don't know that Come they on, do. Patty. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of whole lot of offices for the Brooklyn Nets, but you cross your fingers that they might be able to somehow swipe a game or two a year to try to extend that series and maybe give the Bucks an extra you know, day or two of rest. But, um, you know, again, I'll, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. Enjoy a very successful weekend in Chicago. By the way, Bulls now, I believe, 3-13 and 13 in their last 16 home playoff games, which doesn't seem possible, but just sort of speaks to what the last decade like has been like in Chicago uh, when it comes to the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, enjoy enjoy the next day or two if you're a Bucks fan. Um, hopefully it'll be nice to listen to some podcasts again, which aren't, you know, bemoaning the Bucks looking like garbage the first two games. Uh, so at least we can kind of enjoy that maybe for a day or two. Um, and then, yeah, you just hope that these, these Bucks and Bulls show up again in game five and, um, and then we get, get a little bit of rest time, but uh, we'll, we'll see. we got a couple days, a uh, couple days off here. Kane, you were asking for a couple days off. We got a couple days off now. Yeah. Before the series, my prediction was Celtics in five. Uh, at this point, I'll even take that. Uh, so let's see, let's see, let's see what uh, the Nets can do in this game. And uh, as for the Bucks, yeah, I mean, this is a when you win, at least you, maybe you watch the replay of the game. Maybe you're one of those people who likes to go back and watch it, or you can at least enjoy a couple of days stress free. Uh, I'd much rather be three one and two two, put it that way, heading back to Milwaukee and hopefully done and dusted after this one here. And then we'll sit and wait and see what happens. And uh, see what's going on with Chris Milton as well. Now, I will say Chris Milton, last point, he's jumping up and down off the bench, celebrating a lot in these two games. So at least, uh, you know, he doesn't look like he's hobbling up and down the sidelines and he's been doing a lot of smiling, which is nice to see uh, with Chris. So we'll see what happens here over the next week. Uh, we will have a couple of podcasts in the lead up to game five. Uh, then we'll roll through that and the rest of the week and we'll see where it takes us. But we've gone way too long, but it's the playoffs. It's typically what we do. It's after midnight, Frank. I'm not going to give you any credit for staying up late because like I mentioned, you know, my uh, ordeal last night, but go get some sleep. I'll chat to you after game five. Frank and myself, take it easy. Speak to you guys tomorrow.